Section 6 The Under Shepherd The Good Shepherd Feed the flock of God, taking the oversight thereof. Christ, the great example for all ministers, likens himself to a shepherd. I am the good shepherd, he declares. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. John 10, 11, 14, 15. As an earthly shepherd knows his sheep, so does the divine shepherd know his flock that are scattered throughout the world. Ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Ezekiel 34, 31. In the parable of the lost sheep, the shepherd goes out to search for one sheep, the very least that can be numbered. Discovering that one of his sheep is missing, he does not look carelessly upon the flock that is safely housed and say, I have ninety and nine, and it will cost me too much trouble to go in search of this strain one. Let him come back, and I will open the door of the sheepfold and let him in. No, no sooner does the sheep go astray than the shepherd is filled with grief and anxiety. Leaving the ninety and nine in the fold, he goes in search of the strain one. However dark and tempestuous the night, however perilous and uncertain the way, however long and tedious the search, he does not falter until the lost is found. With what relief does he hear in the distance its first faint cry? Following the sound, he climbs the steepest heights. He goes to the very edge of the precipice at the risk of his own life. Thus he searches while the cry, growing fainter, tells him that his sheep is ready to die. And when the strained one is found, does he command it to follow him? Does he threaten or beat it or drive it before him, thinking of the discomfort and anxiety has suffered on its account? No. He lays the exhausted sheep on his shoulder, and with cheerful gratitude that his search has not been in vain, he returns to the fold. His gratitude finds expression in songs of rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. So when the lost sinner is found by the good shepherd, heaven and earth unite in rejoicing and thanksgiving. For joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Luke 15, 6, 7. The great shepherd has under-shepherds, to whom he delegates the care of his sheep and lambs. The first work that Christ entrusted to Peter on restoring him to the ministry was to feed the lambs. See John 21, 15. This was a work in which Peter had had little experience. It would require great care and tenderness, much patience and perseverance. It called him to minister to the children and youth, and to those young in the faith, to teach the ignorant to open the scriptures to them, and to educate them for usefulness in Christ's service. Heretofore, Peter had not been fitted to do this, or even to understand its importance. The question that Christ put to Peter was significant. He mentioned only one condition of discipleship and service. Lovest thou me, he said? This is the essential qualification. Though Peter might possess every other, without the love of Christ he could not be a faithful shepherd over the Lord's flock. Knowledge, 
benevolence, eloquence, gratitude, and zeal are all aids in the good work. But without the love of Jesus in the heart, the work of the Christian minister will prove a failure. The lesson which Christ taught him by the Sea of Galilee, Peter carried with him throughout his life. Writing by the Holy Spirit to the churches, he said, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partake of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 4. The sheep that has strayed from the fold is the most helpless of all creatures. It must be sought for, for it cannot find its way back. So with the soul that has wandered away from God. He is as helpless as the lost sheep, and unless divine love comes to his rescue, he can never find his way to God. Then with what compassion, what sorrow, what persistence should the under-shepherd seek for lost souls? How willingly should he endure self-denial, hardship, privation? There is need of shepherds who, under the direction of the chief shepherd, will seek for the lost and strain. This means the bearing of physical discomfort and the sacrifice of ease. It means a tender solicitude for the erring, a divine compassion and forbearance. It means an ear that can listen with sympathy to heartbreaking recitals of wrong, of degradation, of despair and misery. The spirit of the true shepherd is one of self-forgetfulness. He loses sight of self in order that he may work the works of God. By preaching the word and by personal ministry in the homes of the people, he learns their needs, their sorrows, their trials, and cooperating with the great burden-bearer, he shares their afflictions, comforts their distresses, relieves their soul hunger, and wins their hearts to God. In this work, the minister is attended by heavenly angels, and he himself is instructed and enlightened in the truth that maketh wise unto salvation. In our work, individual effort will accomplish much more than can be estimated. It is for the want of this that souls are perishing. One soul is of infinite value. Christ speaks its worth. One soul, one to Christ, will be instrumental winning others, and there will be an ever-increasing result of blessing and salvation.